Ah, you obviously know Kung Fu. You're listening to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. I know Kung Fu. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. What's up, Poison Clan? I have arrived here in New York City, Times Square, for the Urban Action Showcase and Expo. Thank you to Demetrius Angelo for having the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast as the official podcast of the Saturday Afternoon Kung Fu Theater. Unfortunately, I don't actually think I'm going to be able to watch any of the Kung Fu Theater because I'm going to be at the table. But the energy in this place is amazing. So many cool people from the martial arts and entertainment field. Uh, I'm looking forward to speaking to as many people as I can. Uh, Hopefully, they'll have some time to sit down and chat with me. But I've seen the Blade Brotherhood here walking around with their swords and their trench coats to celebrate Blade's 20th anniversary and the Dragon 45th anniversary. So many cool things going on. Stunt people, actors, choreographers all over the place. Check out their page, Urban Action Showcase on Instagram, uh, Urban Action Fest on Twitter, and uh, take a look and make sure you can come out next year to join us for all of the action. At the Urban Action Showcase and Expo, and I'm here with Captain Zorik, actor, entertainer, author, filmmaker. Uh, Captain Zorik, thank you so much for joining the Kung Fu Driving Podcast. Totally glad to be here, man. All right, so first of all, explain to me the name, Captain Zorik. Zorik is the name my mother gave me. She heard it in a dream. And uh, I happen to be working on a history of the many different Captain Marvels. As you know, there have been many of them, over 20. And I was talking about this to Joe Franklin, and uh, the late Joe Franklin, and he started referring to me as Captain Marvel, and I was like, no, that's Captain Zorik, and it kind of <laughs> stuck. So I just do that. It helps me get. Uh, it helps me know when to be on when you address me in that manner. Cool. And uh, so this is an audio podcast, so you don't see, but Captain Zorik is wearing a very custom-looking Captain Marvel jacket. It looks awesome. Yes, this was from uh, Pendragon Costumes. It's their standard Renaissance doublet, but I realized that if you just made the yoke blue and the body red and put a star right there, it would be just like Marvel Comics' first Captain Marvel second costume. Very cool. Now, uh, why Captain Marvel? What, what's the fascination? Well, you see, my theory is that the, the book is called, I'm writing a book, it's called okay. Captain Marvel Culture. The theory is that Captain Marvel is the most important name of a superhero to follow when you're looking at Western popular culture and history because unlike your Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, who Wonder Woman, who always evolved over time, there have been over 20 Captain Marvels from four different comic book companies, if you include reboots and reimaginations and spoofs and satires and takeoffs and ripoffs and other characters that just happen to have the same name. Each of those characters was created from scratch to serve the market of their day. Mm, okay. Therefore, just to talk about who was Captain Marvel when and why, you have to go back to the origins of publishing and magazines and comic books and superheroes and motion pictures. you got to talk about trademarks and copyrights and women's rights and civil rights and gay rights and the space race and the heavy movement and the anti-communist witch hunts of the 1950s. I'm not kidding. It's all connected. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hence, we are living in a Captain Marvel culture. Wow. 
Okay. Uh, and uh, this is the Urban Action Showcase and Expo. Uh, and uh, you introduced yourself as someone who is knowledgeable about European martial arts. Well, Explain. Yeah, yeah, well, see, lots of people, when you say martial arts, they think of Kung Fu, Karate, Taekwondo, whatever. And sure. as well, they should, because the term martial art, as far as I know, was not a thing in the English language, <laughs> or at least the United States, until Kung Fu and Karate and Taekwondo and all that came here. So the thought was, only only Asians know martial arts. They're all from Asia. Uh, the fact is, though, however, in Europe, it used to be they didn't have guns. So they used swords and spears and axes and arrows and trebuchets and pole arms and other nasty things like that. And you'd think, if your job was fighting with weapons, you'd get good at it. And so... It, there has been research done and books found, manuals of how to use these various weapons. And there is in fact a, uh, it is now called HEMA, Historical European Martial Arts. Oh, interesting. And okay. so long as we're talking about these things, is boxing not a martial art? Is wrestling not a martial art? Now, we can, we can I'm far too sober to get into this debate, <laughs> but, you know, people will say, but in martial arts you have to have a codified system, or martial arts are when you took away that people used to actually try to kill each other and turn it into a training thing as opposed to as opposed to uh, you know studying some old thing from a book or something that is so far away from its martial roots like fencing mm -hmm. that you can't call fencing a martial art because it's every single thing about it is a sport <laughs> or now see there are organizations like the Society for Creative Anachronism mm -hmm. been a part of it I'm not officially repping the SCA, so their lawyers don't have to come after me, but I'm not going to say anything bad about them. Um, I've made two documentaries about them, about their big event, the Pensac War, and the question is, is the combat in the SCA a martial art? They fight with rattan, and the rules are one blow to the head or the body is a kill, one blow to the arm or the leg, and you have to fight without that arm or leg. Well, if they were wearing armor, it wouldn't have cut through. All right, but... 50 years ago, when the club started, we, they didn't have all this research, so they were kind of winging it. Right. And the techniques that came out of that was a little bit of winging it, a little bit of physics, a little bit of ergonomics, and then somebody came along who knew judo. <laughs> and he did to the sport of armored combat in the SCA what Babe Ruth did to baseball. He totally just changed the game, because all, and all of a sudden people could approach it like a martial art. They could adapt techniques from this, this form or that form and say, I have to move a stick. How do I move it to be able to impact something in such a way that they will know to be hit, blah, blah, blah. And in that guy's case, uh, his name, he calls himself Duke Paul of Bellatrix. I've interviewed him in Return to Penzik, my video documentary available on uh, Amazon.com and through my website. Uh, CaptainZorik.com and Zorik is spelled Z-O-R-I-K-H see how I worked that in there <laughs> um, you know and uh, he found the principles of judo help you move a stick in such a way that no matter your size weight age gender gender identity you can still hit somebody hard enough in the head that they'll think they're dead and so now there's even a debate, you, you know, uh, there's Western martial arts, which is uh, uh, not period specific. There's historic European martial arts and every martial arts got its knob. 
Sure. You know, okay. And I say that with all the love in the world. If you've been focusing your life on how to be an expert in something, I forgive you for thinking that what you're an expert in is the greatest thing ever. I happen to like several Captain Marvels. I know the feeling. All right. And so then they look at this and they're saying, but they're not punching. They're not kicking. They're gra they're not grappling. And the rule that, that you can take a blow to the leg that theoretically chops off your leg and then stump around on your legs like you're at Monty Python movie <laughs> and saying, I'm not quite dead yet all day long. No, you would have bled. It's like you're getting too picky. <laughs> Is right. it a martial art? Well, they focus on their... Some people do focus on and train and De Duke Paula Bellatrix considers it a martial art. But was it directly evolved from people actually the techniques that people use to actually kill each other no so it's not a martial <laughs> but there's movements within the within the SCA to bring more of the historical techniques into the game and see if they work and some do and some don't and then there's you know and then the other people who say well the rules say I only have to have this much armor here and there and I can make it out of plastic so now I can run around with 12 pounds of armor and all these other guys with 50 pounds of armor have a disadvantage you're cheating uh, I mean not according to the rules oh come on you know and so I've been doing that for like 30 years right the club's like over 50 years old people become knights in that organization you know that yeah. I mean that and a dollar and 50 gets you on a subway somewhere I don't know where anymore but you know you can become king in that organization and make other people knights some people have been knights for a long time king many times they're over 40 their kids are grown they got a sports car midlife crisis and then they found out about the world championships of medieval armored combat in Europe out in Eastern Europe, Russians, Poles, Belarus, uh, Ukrainians, and so forth, were kicking butt against each other with steel weapons. Punching, kicking, wow. grappling. In one-on-one uh, -on -one fights, it was for points, but in the melee, there's no points, there's no calling the blow, there's no assuming you're dead. If I did not fall down, you obviously did not hit me hard enough. <laughs> so we're like, oh yeah, we're over 40, we're over six feet, we're over 200 pounds, and we've been, and I've been king 17 times or whatever, and we can we beat the, and we've played football because we're Americans. <laughs> and we went out there, and my documentary, U.S. Against the World, talks about our first trip to Poland. And uh, the first time we got out there, the Russians did to us basically what uh, Gracie did to Joe. Just about everybody in UFC one so but we, we learned fast and so by the end I would say by the end we actually beat Poland in one round Wow! and so I'd say that we advanced from say Art Jemerson level to Pat Smith level and I'm sure okay. there you yep, get that yep yep all right so we went back home we watched the tapes we went training our fat guys got skinny our skinny <laughs> guys got beefy the asthmatic guy doesn't have asthma anymore the the the, the diabetic doesn't have diabetes anymore because I had an exercise, we'll do that for you. <laughs> yeah, Who needs drugs? <laughs> All right, you know. And, and so we went out there and we kicked a little butt. And uh, and so that in the five-on-five five melees, uh, that is, in the final four of the five-on-fives, each team is allowed to have uh, up to three five-man teams in uh, the, the competition known as the Battle of the Nations. Three Russian teams 
and one American team were in that final four. Wow. Now, I'm not going to get into all the business about why the U.S. decided to pull out of Battle of the Nations and form the International Medieval Combat Federation with 15 other nations, but now there's a new <laughs> world championships, and that's what they are. And uh, my documentary, American Knights 2015, is about when we were in Malbork, the fortress in which that belonged to the Teutonic Knights in the Middle Ages. And there, well, we had taken it all pretty much the year before, but you know what? Other countries get better too. And now the hot countries in, in the sport uh, are the United States, everybody in Eastern Europe, Poland, Russia, Belarus, Ukraine. The Scandinavia's coming along. Denmark and Sweden are kicking butt. France and Germany. France has got this guy they call the French Ninja. He's no joke. He will run around. He's this little guy, can't be taller than you, skinnier than you, um, but uh, runs around, jumps on people from behind, kicks them out. You try to get him down, he just squirts out. You know, Germany is always tough. Scotland came so far between 2015 and, and this year. It's just the, the level of the sport has progressed. And it's a lot like UFC in the early 21st century, mm. where first we had to figure out the rules. Right. And once we figured out the rules, then we figured out what works. And having a pure weapon skill, which is the SCA, is not going to get you very far in the full contact game any farther than a boxer in UFC did. So we got to learn the grappling, we got to learn the kickboxing, and we did. And then we got to learn the field strategy. You got to have a different strategy when it's five on five than when it's 10 on 10, than when it's 16 on 16, or when they have the all in all, which is everybody get in there, we'll pick up sides. All right, now we're. Quick question about this. Yeah. Um, the, the cover of the DVD has these guys in full armor. Is that full armor? Uh, we're hitting each other with steel weapons. I'll yeah. bring one over later and no, you can no, touch that's, it. No, that's but, okay. Yeah. Um, no, it's blunt, but they're steel. Yeah. Just about the only thing you're not allowed to do is stab anybody right, because right, we're right. allowed to strike full force. Okay. And it's difficult to strike full force and not kill somebody sure. when you're stabbing them. Sure. It goes right through the eyeball and stuff. Okay. So, no stabbing, but striking on every part of the body except the groin, the feet, uh, the net, yeah. and uh, that's pretty much about it. So, what kind of weight are they carrying with this armor? A lot of it has to do with the style, the material, and the size. Okay. A big guy, of course, is going to have more armor than a little guy. Right. And uh, you could go out there with stainless steel. You could go out there with mild, mild steel weighs more than stainless. Stainless weighs more than several different kinds of hardened steel. It's still got to be steel, although they're working on allowing things like titanium, although aluminum is right out. Okay. But, um, but yeah, if you can harden steel uh, through heat treating, you can make like 18 gauge steel be lightweight, almost flexible, but harder mm. than stainless. Stainless will dent. I'll show you my 14 gauge stainless helmet. Okay. Looks like the surface of the moon. And, um, but. On average, most people are between 60 and 90 pounds there, depending upon, like I say, what kind of steel, how big you are, and the style. Okay. Now, it's, it's interesting because you got all that extra weight on you, so it, it, it seems like that would hinder you when you're running around on the field. But I just watched a video just a few days ago on Reddit where a guy in full knight's armor out-raced 
Uh, a firefighter. firefighter. Yeah. And what was the other guy? A, a, a soldier. A soldier, yeah. A fully, fully loaded, loaded soldier. soldier, yes. Jinx Toby Beer. Okay, uh, absolutely. The I don't know much about firefighters, and I don't know much about what modern soldiers wear. I do know that the soldier in history has almost always carried between 40 and 70 pounds, right. either on their body or their back. It's just armor or ammunition, one or the other. Right. Um, but the Middle Ages lasted for hundreds of years. And so that means you had hundreds of years for your art, to the art of the armorer and the craft to develop right. from mail to plates on top of mail to articulated plates on top of mail to we've got all these plates, we don't need any more mail. <laughs> and once at a certain point, at a, about in the early 1400s, they were perfectly capable of covering from head to toe in articulated steel. At that point, after that, it's just style. Right. And some styles, like people say that certain when you had like the grooved armor that would make the lance glance off of it and things like that, maybe that's true. Um, but uh, yes, so, it's not about the flexibility, it is about the weight, and I can tell you this. With the armor that you need for this sport, which is pretty much the 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 most full protection that a medieval knight would have had, it's a fatigue factor of four. Meaning whatever however tired you get doing something in four minutes, you're gonna get that tired in one minute. So it's not just about your strength and it's not just about your cardio. Because you may be strong, but you'll be out of breath soon. Yeah. You may you may be able to run far, but not with all that armor. Right. It's about the strength of your cardio and the cardio of your, I should say endurance. Yeah, and yeah, the yeah. endurance yeah. of your strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so CrossFit and various types of HIIT, um, doing certain types of workouts in armor, in part armor, and out of armor, so that you confuse your muscles and stuff. But with also caveats, if you, if you run in armor you're, every day, you're gonna wreck your knees. <laughs> right. So, you know, you have to, you know, do not try this at home, consult a doctor, physician, trained fitness professional, etc., etc. Um, but uh, we've been solving a lot of these problems over there. I am the poster boy for almost every armor problem you could have. Almost every mistake you could make. 14 gauge stainless is not enough for a helmet. Do not put plate on top. Do not put a solid plate on top of a coat of plates. That's redundant. Um, the, uh, you know, and various things about how to cover the back of your calf. The you know, heavy swords. You think they hit hard, but they don't hit that often. You know, find the right sword. You know, so styles of gauntlets. I mean, this particular armor gauntlets, I won't say his name, the thumb was too long and the fingers were too short. Okay? So the tips of my fingers were sticking out or else my, my, my knuckles would be on the back plate and my thumb would be falling out. <laughs> nightmares, nightmares, nightmares. And now, if you've got a couple of thousand bucks, who can kit yourself out proper and it's like, well, doggone. But I was the miner's canary for I was the first guy to fight in a pro rules fight at the Battle of the Nations in Europe. And... I learned everything that you should know how to do. <laughs> All right, so what is the state of the sport today? Like I said, I'd say it's like a UFC in the yep. early 21st century. Yep. Um, there is this organization called the Armored Combat League that I cover in American Knights. And I did the, I also covered American Knights 2018. It's about this year's world championship. I'm still working on it. So I'm selling t-shirts over at my awesome. table. But there also, the Battle of the Nation still exists. That's the one run by an Eastern European organization. Okay. Oh my gosh, what a costume. <laughs> she is totally doing, uh, what's her name from Game 
Game of Thrones yes. with the short hair <laughs> yes. after the walk of shame. And she's rocking it. It is. Okay, yeah. okay. I'm going to say this. Someone's going to get mad, but please don't take this the wrong way. I love everybody who I'm not talking about in this movie, so don't take this the wrong way. Who I'm not talking about and who I am talking about, so don't take this the wrong way. There are not enough straight, short women who have good-looking short haircuts these days. I miss the 80s. I've said that. Now I can move on. I love you all. Okay? Okay. Anyway, um, where was I? Oh, yeah. So, Battle of the Nations, it's an Eastern European organization, and... Uh, most countries have one organization that selects the team or puts together a team that goes to both competitions. Not all of them. I don't know which other ones do, but the United States, because the Armored Combat League split from the Battle of the Nations organization, HMBIA, Historical Medieval Battles International Association, there is a separate organization in the United States that sends a team to the Battle of the Nations. And uh, there, is a, there are people who say a movement for unity, let's say one organization, but there's personalities and politics involved. And if we all just want to get along, sometimes you just got to get along separately. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. And, uh, you know, enough. again, I love everybody. You know, uh, I happen to follow the IMC. I happen to follow the Armored Combat League. I am a referee for the New York team, which is the New York Sentinels. Uh, last year, there was a second New York team, the Huntington Heliquin, and there's a movement to form a Brooklyn team. We haven't come up with the name yet. Wow. I, in fact, designed the logo for the New York Sentinels. It's per pale, blue and white, a castle tower, counterchanged. Cool. You can see it on the logo over there. Very cool. Okay. Yeah. So uh, uh, yeah. So I'm I'm with the I'm with the Armor Combat League. I make videos. I do announcing, and I referee for the New York team. Awesome. So uh, where can my audience go to find out more information about the leagues, about Captain Zorik, and every, anything else that you have going on today? Okay. So the New York team is the New York Sentinels, and if you search for the New York Sentinels on Facebook, and if you go, I believe the website is ACLNYC. It may be ACL-NYC dot something. Um, you should be able to find the website. Uh, I have two YouTube channels, Captain Zorik uh, Captain Zorik, of course, YouTube, uh, Z-O-R-I-K-H, and uh, I have a website, CaptainZorik.com, which also is NewYorkKnightsCombat.com, okay. and I have my New York Knights Combat YouTube channel, where I do exclusively videos of uh, medieval armored combat, whether and other and medieval martial arts, whether it be SCA, or Armored Combat League, or the Full Contact International, uh, and I am looking to shoot more kinds of sword fighting like kendo, like the HEMA, uh, like, uh, you know, like a Kali Arnis, uh, whether you call it Kali Arnis or, or uh, Eskrima, you guys can have that debate, fine. I know you have that debate because I, I know, I, because my best friend is, one of my best friends in high school was Elena Atienza. And if you're in the Kali scene, you know who yeah, that is, yeah. all right? Um, and I know you have those debates. But the point is, <laughs> stick fighting is close enough to sword fighting. It counts. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I, I'd love to just, actually what I'd love to do someday uh, is go around the world looking at various people who swing sticks. This includes baseball, cricket, mm -hmm. tennis, mm -hmm. golf, okay. lacrosse. They're all, and kendo, fencing, sword fighting, HEMA, uh, 
Bloss Fecton, Harness Fecton, uh, you know, <laughs> Harness, Eskrima, Kali, whatever you want to call it this week, yep. or on this side of town, and see what is similar and what is unique about each form of swing and a stick. I'm seeing in, in the sword fighting thing, it's about moving the elbow through space, whether you're pushing off with your foot, your hip, your butt, your lower back, you're pulling your opposite shoulder blade, or you're just standing there. If you try to move your hand through space, you're cheating yourself of power potential. Right. If you say, where should I move my elbow to get my hand there? And how do I get power into moving the elbow to get the hand there? And then details about how you move your hand. Yep, yep. You're maxing your power potential. I'd love to see how that works across the stick swinging diaspora. That's an ambitious project. Good Thank luck. you. <laughs> well, my previous one was about getting people from all walks of life and teaching them, giving them grappling training and see who has what it takes to never submit. But then I'd have to talk about my movie, The Redemption of Captain Zorik. Redemption, find out what it's worth. And about how I used to manage a female wrestling team, but now my ex-girlfriend and his wife aren't talking to me. But <laughs> I digress. But it's all connected because there's a Captain Marvel in there somewhere. <laughs> At the beginning of this podcast, actually. But, yeah. So, uh, Captain Zorik, thank you so much for coming by. And uh, so all those links will be available in the show notes. Uh, and check out CaptainZorik.com for just more information. And uh, thanks for coming by and, and explaining the European martial arts. It's huge. My little <laughs> surface scratch is, is, is no... I, I hope it was a, a surface tickle that'll make you <laughs> <Yes>. dig deeper. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you to every guest that came by and shared some of their time and their wisdom with me. Uh, I met a lot of cool people in the industry, out of the industry, in martial arts, in film. Uh, the Blade Brotherhood was awesome. All of the cosplayers were amazing. Uh, guys, this is an awesome show. If you get a chance to come by next year, look up the Urban Action Showcase and start planning for a trip now. All right, Poison Clan, I'm going to get out of here. Until next time, peace. Poison Clan rocks the world. See the iron fisted bunk upon the daily prayers Shouting monks on their hands running down the thousand stairs The fate of Lee Khan now's in King Yu's hands With the fearless idea they're roaming over the land Yeah the little big soldier is older and wiser He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight Yo, Got the venom mob laying down the law Bruce Lee delivered kicks guaranteed to graze jars Fight for the cars then pause here the pause Not again back kicks will defeat the outlaws Very good but boards don't hit back Yeah the death jewels here Derry D is coming back the Tai Chi master, jelly's even faster The channel little drink because he is the drunken master Once upon a time in China Rosamund Kwan is real fine but see Maggie show his spiner Golden Swallow has arrived Shang Chi movies will the hero will survive We've got the brave archer make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight, may as well pick a spot Yeah the sky goes black cut the vampire's back We've got Lam Ching Ying to kill them all to so stand back He plays the black magic on the soul of the sword
And our sword will travel until there's bodies on floors Yeah, Wing Chun Shaolin and Mantis style Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch you run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Welcome to the tea house, belly for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war We smash the place up with our dragon claws We walk into the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we get a drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war We smash the place up with our dragon claws See it's a game of death, yo, you're facing the big boss It's once upon a time and giant account on the TikTok The Shogun, Assassin, Slash and Blood are just drip drop The head kick, neck drop, balance that won't stop Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins He's got her just in yellow, but she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms that's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor When the blood it'll splatter against the wall No fear at all, to kill them all There's always blood spilled when you head into a war Fearless, unleashed The fist of legend that the car jelly I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these There's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we get it drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war, we smash the place up with a dragon claws We walk into the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we get a drunk and then we